Hello and welcome to the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. My name is Yinka and I am your online Agile coach. This podcast is designed to help you understand all things Agile, help you land your dream job, and help you succeed in your role as a Scrum Master. So if you're an aspiring Scrum Master or you're relatively new to the concept of Agile, then this podcast is what you want to be keeping up with. All right, guys, so let's get started. So in today's episode, which is our episode five, we're going to be talking about the roles and responsibilities of a Scrum Master. So I'm going to divide today's conversation into two segments. We're going to get started by talking about the Scrum Master role to an agile team. And then we're going to talk about a Scrum Master role in a skilled environment. Now, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes where I explained the Agile frameworks, we spoke about some frameworks that are skilled. In this instance, we spoke about SAFE, which is skilled Agile framework. And basically that is the situation where you are a member of a team, but that team is a member of multiple teams that are building a product, right? So it's called team of teams. And in that situation, we normally would use like a scaling framework. And in that situation, your role as a Scrum Master somehow differs just because you're not only supporting one team, you're also supporting that team in the midst of other teams. And there are certain things that you will need to do. Okay. All right. So what is the Scrum Master role all about? About as a new Scrum Master, if you're yet to start your job, you're probably wondering what will I be doing on a day-to-day basis. And even if you're relatively new, you probably have started doing a few things. And this episode might probably help you understand more things that you should be doing that are probably more than what you're currently doing. So overall, your role as a Scrum Master is that you are accountable for your team's effectiveness. You do everything possible to ensure that your team stays effective so that they can accomplish the goal that has been assigned to that team. Now, I'm trying to break this down in very you know, easy words so that you can, expl- you can really understand what we're talking about. Now, when I say that you are accountable for your team's effectiveness, How would you do this? How would you make sure that your team stays effective? Now, one of the ways for you to do this is to improve the practices that your team members are involved in on a day-to-day basis within the Scrum framework. Like most especially when you guys are practicing Scrum, you have to ensure that things are being done the right way. The practices, the principles are being, you know, observed on a daily basis because those principles and those practices exist for a reason. The responsibilities, the events that are within the Scrum Guide exist for a purpose. And when you ensure that your team is using those events effectively, it helps them to accomplish your goal. So you have to make sure that all the things they're supposed to be doing, they're doing it. But you have to understand why we are doing it so that you can help your team to understand the goal that we're going to be achieving by following certain processes, right? One thing you need to know is that you are a leader, okay? Even though you don't have a leadership role in terms of like, you're not the manager of the team, but you are a true leader and you are there to serve your team. It's important for you to understand this. And you don't only serve your team, you also serve your organization. Now, one of the things that I see that a lot of people do out there is, They focus the attention so much on the team 
that they forget, you know, the external environment that your team operates in. And a lot of times, depending on the organization you work for, if you don't also work with the large organization, they will impede your team's progress. They would affect you guys. There will be blockers. They'll become impediments to the growth and success of your team. So you have to understand that while you are there to support your team and make them super effective, you also have to pay attention to the environment that your team is operating in so that they can also be effective. They can understand Scrum if that's the framework you guys are using so that everybody can work in the same flow, everybody has the same understanding and they understand how their attitudes and behaviors can affect the progress of a particular team. And in this case, that'll be the team that you support. So basically, when you even read the Scrum Guide, you will find out that the Scrum Master, you serve three people or three types of people, you know, better put. So you're going to be serving your team. You're going to be serving your product owner. And you're required and expected to also serve your organization. Now, what are some of the ways through which you serve your team? You serve your team by coaching the team members in self-management and cross-functionality. Now, a scrum team cannot survive if they don't know how to self-manage themselves. And you have to pay attention to this concept because it's very crucial. You know, gone are the days where we want, you know, a specific person to be telling the team members exactly how to do things. We have to trust that we've employed the right set of people. And if we've employed the right set of people and we've given them the right environment to work, we should be able to trust them to deliver on the right product, given the fact that we tell them what we're trying to build, right? So I always use a simple example. If I tell this team that this is, the house that I want. I want a five bedroom mansion that has multiple, like maybe 10 bedrooms, has an Olympic size pool and all of that details. I trust this team that they have the required skill set to turn my requirements into reality. So first of all, we need to ensure that the right people are seated in the right bus. And once they're seated in the right bus, then we need to trust them that they can deliver on the job. And so these guys will self-manage themselves to say, okay, given the fact that this is the requirement that we have, how are we going to turn those requirements into reality? That is what goes on in a team. And you have to make sure that your team gets to that level where they can self-manage themselves. And you need to also make sure that your team is cross-functional, right? You need to make sure that every skill set that is required for us to turn a requirement into reality exists in your team. If it doesn't exist, then you guys are going to face multiple problems, right? You guys will not be able to turn the requirements into reality because everything you need to do that is not present in your team. Most especially when you are dealing with a team and it's just one team that is probably building that product. In this case, you need to kind of escalate that to the leadership to let them know that, hey, we have this constraint. You know, we're building this product and for us to successfully build this product, we need X, Y, Z type of skill set on the team. And we don't have a specific skill set and nobody on the team has the skill set. So this definitely will be an impede. Um, this definitely will be a blocker to us achieving our spring goals. So you need to understand and coach your teams that way. Now, there are situations where you have 
the right people on your team and maybe the skill set sits with a certain type of people, then in that situation, you need to ensure that you're coaching them to train one another so that everybody can get up to speed with skill set, right? Because in, in a lot of cases, let's take a development team, for example, you're going to have maybe a group of maybe a team member, or rather you're going to have a team that maybe has like five members and maybe two are developers. One is a tester, one is UX, and one might have another skill set, right? These are the skills that they bring to the team. Now you want to coach them to get to that level where even as a developer, I have information about testing where I can actually test my code and ensure that it's working like it should work, right? And that way, even though as a team, we have specific skill sets, we are also cross-functional where we understand UI, we understand UX, we understand testing, we understand development and all that kind of stuff as a team. So that even when one member is not available and doesn't show up to work, Another member who might not be as good in terms of skill set as the other one who is absent can kind of like step up and help to a, to a certain level of degree. And that's what cross-functionality is all about. Now, this takes quite a process for a team to get to, but that is one of your roles and responsibility for you to understand where your team is currently and then take them to that level where they need to be. Now, another responsibility of yours will be to ensure that you're helping your team focus on creating I-value increments, right? A lot of times as team members, we don't focus on the right work. You know, even though we have product owners who might tell us to do X, Y, Z, you still find out that depending on the organization and the culture, a lot of things creep into the work of the team members And this doesn't allow them to focus on the right thing at the right time. So your job is to ensure that if certain goals have been set for the team to accomplish within a sprint, you help your team focus on what they need to do and you protect them from disturbances and interference that might come from either outside of the team. Sometimes this might even come from the product owner where maybe meet sprints, he finds a new requirement and he tells them, hey, I'm going to be dropping this in the sprint. You guys walk on it. That is not the right behavior and that is not the right environment. So you want to make sure that what we've agreed to walk on and what we're committed to working on is what we're truly walking on. Only if the product owner says, we have to really change direction. This current work is no longer important and it's, we found out that it's going to be obsolete. So we're changing direction. Now, in that case, the team needs to gather together and then find out what the new direction is. But if that's not the case, and it's just a matter of, you know, a product owner or maybe certain members outside of the team are just requiring the team members to work on extra stuff, then you want to make sure that you are, you know, protecting the team from that and you're making them focus on doing the right work and you're making them focus on building, you know, parts of the product that would bring the highest value possible. 
All right. Now, another thing that you'll be responsible for as a scrum master is to remove impediments. And this is so popular. Like I, I'm sure that if you've kind of read scrum somewhere before, or you've heard it before, this is one thing you've heard that you're responsible for removing impediments. Okay. Anything that's going to impede the progress of your team, you've got to get it out of the way because every sprint we have a goal. The team works every day to accomplish that goal. Now, different things come up every day that will prevent them from getting to that finish line. It is your job to ensure that you get those things out of the way. And they will come in different forms, in different shapes and different sizes. You've got to pay attention and you pay attention by making sure that you know, you're checking on their daily progress. There's so many inspecting and adapt processes that, you know, Scrum has made available for you to be able to check to know whether we're deviating from the plan and what we need to do if we're deviating from the plan. But it is your responsibility to ensure that any impediments that would obstruct your team, you take care of that and you remove that from, from you know, their presence. Now, another thing that you're responsible for is to ensure that all the Scrum events take place and they're positive. You also want to make sure that they don't only take place, they are positive, they are productive, and they are kept to the time box. One of the things that you will quickly realize as you start a job or you start um, your role in Scrum Master is that a lot of times people complain about too many meetings. And that's because even when organizations adopt an agile way of working, they don't let go of their old ways of working, right? So they're still having those meaningless meetings they used to have in the past, in addition to like meetings that have been recommended by the framework that they're adopting. And so now it's so much. And then if you, as the Scrum Master, you're not working out to ensure that these meetings are productive, they're positive, and they're kept to a time box, it becomes really overwhelming. And it seems like, oh, this agile way of working is just a framework that is a bunch of meetings, but that's not the reality. And that's when your own job comes into play. And so it's your responsibility to ensure the one, these meetings happen, they're productive. Everybody understands the purpose of the meeting, what we're trying to accomplish, and you keep it to the time box. So if it's a, if a meeting is 15 minutes, keep it to 15 minutes. If it's a 30 minute meeting, keep it to 30. If it's an hour, keep it to an hour. Facilitate the process to ensure the meetings finish on time so that team members are not overwhelmed, right? Now, besides focusing all your attention to the team, you also have to pay attention to the product owner. Remember that the team are the guys who figure out the how, right? So we have a requirement. We have to do something. These team members figure out how that thing will get done. So as a scrum master, you have to definitely focus your attention on them because if you don't pay attention, then things will not get done. Now, you also need to pay attention to the product owner. This is the person who tells us what to do. It's very important for you to coach that product owner because if you tell us to build the wrong thing, the output will be the wrong thing right? So it's not going to really matter if you're coaching your team, you know, into building things correctly and making them effective if we're already building the wrong thing. And so that's why it's important for you to also coach your product owner. This is a key person that you have to coach. Now, the product owner represents stakeholders. Sometimes they represent the customers. Usually they represent the customers. So I shouldn't say sometimes, right? 
They are the voice of the customer, they represent the customer. And so you have to ensure that you're coaching this individual to, to ensure that this person has the right information as he or she meets with stakeholders, meets with customers, the right information is, you know, is gotten and documented in the product backlog. Now, the product backlog is a list of ordered items or a list of items that is required to build a product. We're going to go more into all of this, but, you know, just try to, just try to um, follow here, right? So we have a product backlog where everything that is required for us to turn something into reality is documented. So let's assume that we're trying to build a house, right? All the things that we need to build that house is documented in a product backlog. So there are different ways for you to ensure that that product backlog is correct, is managed properly, you know, has the right information, doesn't just have a bunch of jargons because this is the source of truth for the team. So you're going to coach your product owner and find techniques for effective product backlog management, okay? Because there are multiple ways for you to manage the product. You want to make sure that, you know, the items on top are the most prioritized items. You want to make sure that they have all the details required. You want to make sure that, you know, that backlog is consistently updated because it's an emerging backlog. You want to make sure it's not still. Does your product owner touch that backlog on a day-to-day basis where he or she is updating the information based on interactions that he or she has with stakeholders and customers, okay? So you want to coach that product owner to know exactly what to do with that backlog. You want to coach your product owner to understand how to write product goals, how to work with the team to come up with spring goals, and so many things, how to refine the stories, how to gather details, how to write acceptance criteria. There's so many things that goes on into having an effective product backlog. And there's a lot that goes into managing a product backlog that you as the Scrum Master, you have to know so that you can coach your product owner to building the right product, okay? You also have to help your Scrum team understand the need for a clear and concise product backlog items. Now, your product owner, depending on the skill set that he or she has, you know, depending on the product we're also building, might be technical or not technical. Usually, it's recommended that the product owner be a business person because really that is a representative of the business. But in reality, sometimes those um, product owners might be business reps. Sometimes they might be very technical in nature. Regardless of the case, you want to ensure that, you know, the product backlog items are very clear. They're very concise. They're written from the mindset and the view of the customer. And this is very particular for product owners who are very technical and tend to write things in technical nature, right? That is why those user stories that we also call product backlog items are very crucial. Who needs this item? Why do they need it? What is the benefit of having this item done in building this product? So those are key things that you as a Scrum Master, you have to know so that you can coach your product owner. Remember that you are the Scrum Master. The product owner understands this product, but now you understand the process. You are the master of the process and you're responsible for coaching your team, your organization, and your product owner 
on how to use this process in a way that will help them to accomplish their goals. And that's why your overall responsibility is you being accountable for the Scrum team's effectiveness. Does that make sense? All right. Also, you're going to be responsible for helping them establish, you know, empirical product planning because a lot of times they're building a complex product. You also need to help them facilitate stakeholder collaborations as needed because you might be working with an experienced product owner or you might be working with a product owner who is also new to the agile framework. And in this situation, there are a lot of things that they don't know to do. So you have to make sure that, you know, as they are planning, you are there helping them establish, you know, how do we plan in an agile way? How do we plan in an empirical way? You know, how do we reach out to our stakeholders and collaborate with them to ensure that we are building the right product? This is very important. So now let us quickly do a recap. I shared that you are responsible for coaching your team. So there are certain things you have to ensure that your team is doing to help them become effective. And by team in this situation, I'm talking about like the team members who are doing the work right? You're also responsible for coaching the product owner, who is also a part of the agile team, but your product owner has a specific type of work who is, in this case, he or she is responsible for, you know, building that product and ensuring that the team has the right resources and information to build the right product, right? Now, you've got to extend your reach outside of your team where you are now serving your organization. And this is very important because earlier in the day, or rather earlier in this conversation, I mentioned to you that even if your team is agile and their environment is not agile, the organization is not agile, or the people that their work has to either interact with is not agile, then those individuals or teams will become an impediment to your own agile team. So it's also very important that you also serve your own organization and help them. You know, so if you are working in an organization where it's just that team that understands, you know, the agile concept and is working towards being agile, then you're responsible for training the other parts of the organization, for leading the other parts of the organization in Scrum adoption, because it will help you at the end of the day. Now, depending on the size of organization you're working with, a lot of times, if it's like a mid-sized organization, you guys might probably have like an agile practice, a community of practice where multiple strong masters are a part of it. And you guys are looking for ways to really develop your organization. And you need to take that serious. And if your organization does not have one, then you need to start that conversation where you have a community of practice. If there are multiple scrum masters that are supporting different teams, you guys want to come together and start addressing organizational problems. If the rest of the organization does not understand Agile or Scrum, then you guys want to be responsible for training them and coaching them and leading them into Scrum adoption because it's going to benefit the entire organization when they have the same mindset they have the same language. They understand why certain people are walking in a certain way. Because if they don't understand, imagine when you are dependent on another team. Maybe, for example, you're dependent on the legal team or the contract team, and they don't understand that you guys are working in sprints. They are going to forever delay you because they're just going to 
hold up your work sometimes for a month or more because they walk in a different way. They have a different mindset and they don't know how their own behaviors and attitudes are obstructing your team from moving forward. And that's why it's important that after you're done working with your team, or even as you work with your team, you create that time to also work with the organization at large to ensure that they also understand this agile concepts and scrum. Okay, you want to make sure that you're working with like the employees, individuals have lunch and learns where, you know, you guys would just have maybe agile one on one workshops that you invite the large organizations to come learn, share the benefits of working in this specific way. Talk about scrum to them, the benefits, how we can work and how we can achieve our goals. You know, you have to be bold and confident as a scrum master and step out. When you see something that is not working, you need to call that thing out. It is your responsibility. And so your job or your responsibility really extends outside of the team. Now, remember that I said I'm going to divide today's conversation into two segments. So I spent quite a number of time talking about you know, your role within a scrum team. Now, let's talk about your role in a skilled environment, all right? Because the probability of working in a skilled environment is really high. A lot of organizations are building complex products that only one team cannot build. You have multiple teams that have to work together to build this product. So in that situation, you guys are in a skilled environment. And now there are multiple frameworks out there that organizations use when multiple teams are building one product. The most popular out of this framework is the Scaled Agile framework. So the second part of this segment, I'm going to focus my attention talking about the role and responsibility of the Scrum Master in the SAFE framework, for example. So that just kind of gives you an idea of what you're also expected to do when you're using the specific framework, right? So now when it comes to SAFE, The Scrum Master roles are similar because it's still Scrum, right? Scrum is a framework that even the scaled frameworks use at the team level. It's at the scaled level, you know, at the program level that they have additional practices and, you know, um, principles that they kind of adopt, right? So even within the safe framework, the Scrum Master is still a leader and you're also a coach, right? Even though your role says Scrum Master, you are a coach to your Agile team and you educate your team in Agile. Now, in a skilled environment, the Agile teams might be using different frameworks. And that's why it's important for you as a Scrum Master to know other frameworks besides Scrum, okay? Because it's possible for your team to be, you know, using the Scrum framework. It's possible for them to be using Kanban. It's possible for them to be using extreme programming at the Agile team level. So you need to understand those frameworks that Agile teams use so that you can educate your team in whatever specific framework they're using. Now, in this situation where SAFE, you know, is the framework that maybe the organization is using, then you also need to understand SAFE so that you can coach your team in SAFE. Okay, definitely. We spoke about how you need to help remove impediments and you need to foster an environment for high performing teams. You know, one of the things I said is that your overall role is to ensure that your team is really effective because when they're effective, they're going to be high performers who are really walking this continuous flow and there's relentless improvements in the process where they're consistently delivering the right product at the right time. Okay, so you're going to be responsible for assisting your team, ensuring that they are self-organized. We spoke about that when we're talking about Scrum. They have to be able to 
self-manage themselves to achieve their goals. And the crucial way for you to do this, like I mentioned earlier, is for you to teach them and coach them on team practices. You teach them on the, you know, on the principles and you teach them how to just have a continuous flow of work, right? The Scrum Master role is super unique to every Agile team because you have the most knowledge, right, about Agile or you're expected to have the most knowledge because that is your job. So every day, you're supposed to be learning new ways of working that you can bring back to your team so that they can adopt those ways and become better, all right? So you have to exhibit the behavior of a leader. You've got to have the right mindset, right? You have to understand the concept of lean. You have to understand agile. You have to wear that mindset because only when you wear that mindset that you can coach other people to that mindset, right? So now speaking about safe, which is a skilled framework, you've got to understand the safe framework so that you can coach your teams and help them embrace like the safe core values, you know, the principles, safe has its own principles. You know, you have to support your team when it comes to their team rules, right? You have to ensure that they are building in quality in the work that they're doing. You have to facilitate their progress towards the spring goal, which is similar to, you know, any, any scrum team. You have to lead efforts and relentless improvement. So every time we have a meeting that is called retrospective, it's a time where the team members kind of meet together to kind of look for ways to improve. You have to ensure that you're really leading that effort to ensure that whatever it is that we say that we want to improve, we're really improving that. So you can help the team have like an improvement backlog where there's a list of items they want to work on sprint after sprint or iteration after iteration or iteration, depending on what word that fits the pronunciation, you have to work with them to ensure that they are really improving on a day-to-day basis. Definitely, you're going to also be facilitating events for them. So even in a safe framework, you're still going to be facilitating events. You're going to support your product owner. You're going to facilitate the removal of impediments. We also mentioned that you're going to promote like the safe practices. You're going to help build a high-performing team. This is very crucial. Now, when it comes to the program level, for a framework like SAFE, when multiple teams are working on a product, they are called a train, an agile release train, otherwise known as an art, right? So your team has a role to play in that art. And you have to ensure that you are working with your team because you also have responsibilities when it comes to that art, otherwise known as a train. So you're going to be helping coordinating like inter-team dependencies, corporations, make sure that if, you know, their dependencies, which there clearly there will be multiple dependencies, you want to make sure that those dependencies are being addressed. The team that is responsible for helping your team has that information that they need. If other teams are dependent on you guys, you guys coordinate all that process to ensure that you know, people get things at the right time. That is also your responsibility. And so it's important that you know different frameworks, you know your responsibilities within those frameworks so that when you're working for a specific organization, you know exactly what to do, all right? You're gonna be, there's gonna be lots of coordination amongst other teams in scaled environments. So even regardless of safe, as long as you're in a scaled framework, you're going to be working with different teams, 
there are going to be different needs that different teams will have. And you as a Scrum Master, you're responsible for coordinating all of that so that everybody gets what they need. Okay? Um, all the practices that are required in Agile when it comes to estimation, when it comes to sizing stories, when it comes to management, you have to understand all of those techniques so that you can coach your teams to all of that and they can use that to achieve their goals. Because remember that I mentioned that your team, they're skilled in specifics, right? So a developer is probably skilled in in development. A tester is skilled in testing. You are skilled in agile frameworks and the agile mindset and concepts. And so together, all of you bring that skill set to develop this huge product. And you, because you're focused on the process, you're watching how the team is working, what is working for them, what is not working for them, and coaching them because you're like the outside person. You're not actually doing the work. Who is able to really see things, observe, and then share that information with your team? In some cases, which is not best practice, but in some cases, a development team member might also be a scrum master. In those situations, you don't get the best of both worlds because those are two roles that, you know, the person has to always context switch and spend time being a developer, spend time being a scrum master. It's really difficult. You know, we try as much as possible as agile practitioners to preach against that. So they can, so that as an organization, you get the best use of your time. But sometimes there's so many constraints that organizations have that they might keep the case. But a lot of times you see Scrum Masters supporting multiple teams instead of a developer being a Scrum Master. So most likely you might be supporting more than one team. So you need to also be prepared for that. Okay. Different teams would need different things. In a situation where you're supporting multiple teams, you have to understand the needs of those teams and address them at that level. You don't compare two teams. Okay. You don't say because X is doing this, Y also needs to do this. Why is X doing this specific thing that you want Y to adopt? What is the benefit of that thing to why. So you have to also really understand context before you start putting all the teams in one bucket, okay? So you have to be careful that your role in multiple teams will also differ depending on the context, all right? Like I always say, I don't like my episodes to be extremely long, but this is just an overview of your Scrum Master role. So if you're out there searching for a job, it's important for you to understand what you're expected to do on a day-to-day basis. There's a lot that is underneath this overview that I've given. There's a lot required for you when it comes to coaching your product owner. There's a lot required for you when it comes to um, coaching your team, likewise your organization. There's so many practices out there that you need to know so that you can coach your teams to those same practices. But this is an overview that if you even get this right, then you're on the right track to helping your team become super effective. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Thank you for listening. If you got to this very end, I want you to send me a message on Instagram at your agile coach, letting me know that you got to this very stage. Thank you so much. And I might have a gift for you. I might probably, you know, spend 30 minutes of my time answering your questions or whatever it is, just to be able to tell you, thank you. Thank you so much. Don't forget to share with your friends. Don't forget to share your social media platforms. And also, if you follow me on Instagram, I posted um, a picture recently where I'm going to be offering, you know, 
the opportunity for people who have questions to kind of like meet with me and ask their questions. So I'm trying to connect and have more close connections where I'm able to answer questions. So if you have any question, you need clarification or any of those things, feel free to click the link in my bio to join the group so that you can ask your questions and I can give you like an immediate answer. I know that sometimes people reach out to me on emails. Sometimes people reach out to me on DMs, LinkedIn, and sometimes it's a bit too much for me because it's all over the place and depending on where I am, I might not be able to respond at that time. But this group that I've created is on my phone. I'm always on my phone. So I'll always see it and I'll always respond. So if you're interested and you have a question, make sure that um, you hit the link in my bio to um, connect to that group and ask many of your questions. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to catch you in my next episode. See you guys later. Bye.